Finally, for real, we hope, we think, it's our training camp preview for Michigan football. The key questions that must be answered between now and opening day against Minnesota. Next, on this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. But there's going to be one team that's going to play solely as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. Looks deep for Anthony Waits for it. Here's Cook. This is no time for that. In the pocket and a sack. Tim Jamison. Brady gets terrific. Throws it. And a touchdown night again. Schultz just before Brazil got it. And a leaping interception by Woodson. Harbaugh back to throw over the middle. Caught by Kohler at the five on his feet. Touchdown, Michigan. On its way. It's good. He's 5'7", 179 pounds, a junior at Michigan. But Jamie Morris packs a wallop, and he delivers for Bo Schindler. And here's your first play. Pressure coming. It is Glenn Steele, number 81, who fought his way through the traffic. Option. And Robinson calls his own number, and he's going to score. Oh, an easy touchdown for Robinson and Michigan. championship again because we're going to play as a team and when we play as a team and the old season is over you and I know it's going to be Michigan again Michigan So why should you consider supporting us on patreon.com slash Michigan podcast? Well, how about if I lay 2061 odds plus 2061 odds or 21 to one odds that you might get a good return on your investment because last week on our page, this underdog money line parlay that I recommended that was plus 2061 at William Hill hit. And if you were one of our subscribers, you got that underdog money line parlay. And you can see in the comment section, a lot of people were very, very happy with the early Christmas gift that they received. That's just one of the reasons why you want to support us at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast for as low as $5 a month. You can get our exclusive picks both for football basketball and baseball we absolutely killed it during uh, the regular season this year in major league baseball and we gave out those picks each and every day so if you don't want to miss everything that we're a part of each and every week and day at patreon.com slash michigan podcast go there now and you can support what we do here at michigan podcast and then 
get an ROI with maybe some winning handicapping picks at the exact same time. Patreon.com slash Michigan Podcast. Thanks to all of you that are supporting us there. The hundreds already. We appreciate each and every one of you. Join their ranks and make a little money on the side, maybe. Patreon.com slash Michigan Podcast. Go Blue and welcome. I am Steve Dace. We are back now in full season mode here on Michigan Podcast, as are our beloved Wolverines. Uh, They are fully immersed in fall camp. Padded practices hitting has begun. The depth chart is already shaking out and looking ahead to this season. You know, there's a big question on the horizon. Is this a make or break season for Jim Harbaugh? And I don't I don't believe it's a make or break season really for anybody in college football, given the uniqueness of this situation, who's opting in, who's opting out. Um, Are you having to postpone games? We've had to postpone about 18% of games so far in college football because of COVID-19. When does your season even begin? How many games are you playing? I just think there's too many variables. I, I suspect a couple of big schools may end up making a coaching change at the end of the year and and take advantage of the fact somebody like a South Carolina maybe try to take advantage of the fact that there's not going to be a ton of openings this year. And so therefore, maybe they, based on supply and demand, can get the pick of the litter. But no, I, I don't think that this is the ultimate year to judge a coach that has won as much as Jim Harbaugh has. Granted, there's been a ton of success but not a lot of significance. We've talked about that, unfortunately, quite a bit the last few years. But but I think this year you take whatever you can get. And I think next year's team, uh, when you look at the way Michigan's roster sets up in 2021, uh, next year's team should be at the very least playing for the East Division Championship, the final game against Ohio State. But we've got plenty of time to analyze 2021 once we get there. Let's go ahead and go full bore into the season we thought we were never going to have. 2020. Camp underway, as I just said. These are the five big issues, questions, that I think Michigan's got to wrestle with and answer here these next few weeks before the Wolverines kick off in Minneapolis against the Gophers for the Little Brown Jug. Let's begin with question number one. Is Joe Milton the difference maker at quarterback at Michigan and Harbaugh has been waiting for. You know, Denard Robinson was so spectacular here. Not your traditional quarterback at Michigan, but when you look at how he was surrounded often by players that were not really up to the par of what you're accustomed to as a Michigan fan, you realize that, man, without him, I mean, the program was struggling except for one season with him. What would things have been like without Denard Robinson in that era? The last true difference maker, though, that was a that was the quarterback in the traditional sense, was probably Chad Henney. And now we're going back, what, almost 15 years. Is Joe Milton finally that guy? Because it's not a coincidence that Oklahoma has had a Heisman Trophy finalist the last three years in a row and has been to the playoff every one of those seasons. That's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence that LSU finally found a difference maker at quarterback in Joe Burrow and won the national championship. Not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence that Ohio State has been as consistently good as it has been when it's not dealing with caretaker quarterbacks anymore, but the Terrell Priors of the world, the Braxton Millers of the world, uh, and now the Justin Fields 
of the world. So Dwayne Haskins, of course, was the first Big Ten quarterback picked in the first round of the NFL draft in in 20 years, 25 years, since 1995. So this is what Michigan has lacked. Under Jim Harbaugh, Shea Patterson, undrafted free agent. Wilton Spite, or Spate, Freudian slip, uh, Wilton Spate, undrafted free agent. John O'Corn, I have no idea where he is. Um, and, and then you look at uh, Jake Rudock, sixth round draft choice. We're going into year six now. He's the quarterback whisperer. Is Joe Milton, the quarterback that along with uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson over at uh, UCLA was number one, tied for number one on Michigan's board in the entire recruiting class of 2018. He has been groomed here for three years. Is he ready to step in to those shoes and be a true difference maker at quarterback? That's a key. And the number one key, you can't hide your quarterback in college football. And in today's game, you've got to have an electrifying player at that position. Otherwise, you're not winning championships. So that's the number one thing that's got to be answered here during camp. Let's get to number two, though. Who's the shutdown cornerback? And does Michigan even have one? Ambry Thomas, moving on. And it's official. He's gone, removed from the roster. That leaves the guy there to his right, who at times has been okay. But it's not like athletically you'd think he brings David Long or even Lavert Hill had to the table. So if he is a number two cornerback, that means you, which I think he is, I think he's your Andre Weathers here, if you get the historical analogy. If he's a number two quarterback, then if Vincent Gray's number two, who is the number one? Because given the amount of man-to-man coverage that Michigan likes to play under Don Brown, there's got to be at least one guy who can light up the analytics at Pro Football Focus as Michigan's corners have done uh, under Don Brown. At least one guy that you know can produce a low QBR against him, especially when you look at Michigan's very first game. Very first game is against Minnesota with Rashad Bateman opting back in. That could very well be the best wide receiver core in the Big Ten. If it's not, the team they're playing at the end of the year, Ohio State, they have the best wide receiver core in the conference. So who's going to be that number one corner. You'd like to not have to move Daxton Hill over there because that's kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul a little bit, but you may be forced to. But Michigan assigned a ton of defensive backs in the last few classes. So are guys like Jamon Green, are they ready to finally step forward uh, and be that kind of a corner? That's what we're going to find out here these next couple of weeks of camp. The third question that's got to get answered here before that October 24th kickoff Can Ed Warner, Michigan's outstanding offensive line coach, can he work his mojo once more with a revamped offensive line? You know, when Ed came here two years ago, if I would have predicted everybody starting on that offensive line would be drafted in the NFL, coming off of whatever that was we saw in 2017, you all would have said, Steve, man, whatever your puff puff pass, bro. Give me some of whatever you're smoking. But sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Cesar Ruiz, in fact, uh, a number one draft pick of the New Orleans Saints. Michael Onwenu, who, you know, we would often point out, but you look at the film, was kind of loafing out there. Pro Football Focus has him the number one rated rookie in the NFL, regardless of position at the moment. 
Ed Warner deserves a huge amount of credit for that. You saw what he did. Uh, he was outstanding, you know, developing offensive lines at Ohio State and at Minnesota. And he has been one of the best and most important hires that Jim Harbaugh has made in his tenure here. Might have saved Harbaugh's job, given the direction that that all-important position group was heading. But now he's got his work cut out for him. Now he got some good news. Uh, potential top draft pick Jalen Mayfield opting back in to stabilize the right tackle position. I think we all liked what we saw out of Ryan Hayes in limited duty at the left tackle spot. You got Andrew Stuber coming back, a former right tackle who was battling Jalen Mayfield last year before a knee injury. He's going to take over one of the guard positions, but you're going to be young at those other two interior spots at left guard and at center. Can Warner get those guys ready, especially given the offseason that Michigan's had, which is nothing but Zoom meetings until now. Number four, can Michigan avoid the key camp injury? I always go back to 2000 and the offensive talent on that team. Every member on that offensive line went on to start in the NFL. Steve Hutchinson going into the NFL Hall of Fame. Yet Anthony Thomas, who left the school as the all-time leading rusher. Your receivers were uh, David Terrell, first-round draft pick, Marquise Walker, um, you were loaded. You were loaded at tight end. I mean, that offense that year was loaded, and then Drew Henson broke his foot in fall camp. Did not come back until the Illinois game, and a season that had a lot of hype and promise going in. Still ended up with a Big Ten championship, but ended up nine and three instead of maybe in the Rose Bowl and eleven and one. Because that team again, I keep saying it. Go back and watch the Citrus Bowl against Auburn and look at the starting lineup on that team. I mean, it's an NFL farm team. So can Michigan avoid the key camp injury? Wisconsin's already had that. Jack Cohn has a foot injury. At at the time we're recording this, we don't know its severity. Is it a sprain? Is it a broke? Is it a break? Does he need screws? Can he just rehabilitate it? And, you know, they've got a promising youngster behind him that Michigan liked a lot in the recruiting process, Graham Mertz. Maybe we get... Jack Cohn, Wally Pipped, who knows? But those are the key camp injuries that you want to avoid this season and every season. But I think especially this year, when the truncated schedule, the lack of bye weeks, the lack of cohesion. So can Michigan avoid that key camp injury? And that brings us to the final question that needs to be answered here for Michigan during fall camp. Does Michigan come out of fall camp with something that helps Harbaugh finally get over the hump from pretty good to champion. You know, Michigan is in, as I've talked about before, they're in the college football friend zone right now. It's tough to get out of the friend zone. They're in a lukewarm hell right now. We're too good to make wholesale changes, but not good enough to get where we all want to go. And so how do you get over that hump? How do you go from pretty good to champion? It's pretty clear they ain't slowing down over there in Columbus, right? So how do you go from pretty good to champion? How can you reinvent yourself or come up with something different, something new with what you already have? And I think that goes back to the first question. Is Joe Milton finally the difference maker? And, and it doesn't matter, Uncle Rico, if you can throw it over the mountains. I don't, I don't care about Joe Milton throwing the ball 80 yards in the air. What I want to know is, does he have the arm talent to do the kind of ball placement to be an elite quarterback? Is he a leader of men? Is he a guy that can win a game? that can be the rising tide that lifts all other boats? Or is he just another quarterback that needs a lot of guys around him to play well at the exact same time? Is he a true difference maker? That's probably going to go a long way towards answering that final question in the affirmative. 
More in a moment. A great way to stay up to date with our latest thoughts and coverage of the Michigan Wolverines is to check out our website, Wolverine Digest, part of the SI Network. That's myself, Michael Spath, Brandon Brown, Eric Rutter, and the whole team at Wolverine Digest covering everything, maize and blue, whether it's the latest football news, recruiting, college basketball on the horizon as well. And analysis is our thing. That's our jam. And because we are not beholden to anybody at the school to get access for breaking information, we got a little bit more freedom than maybe some others do to see things more from you and we, the fans' perspective. So check us out each day online at WolverineDigest.com. This week's Twitter poll results, my cohort over at Wolverine Digest, Michael Spath, is on the record saying 2020 is such a strange year. Maybe this will be the year that Michigan wins at Ohio State for the first time in 20 years, but then turns around and also loses to Indiana for the first time in 33 years. We asked you what you thought of that. That, that kind of would be on brand for 2020. 20% of you agree that's like the perfect outcome for this crazy year of upheaval. And unprecedented stress. 60% of you say, no way we went in CBUS, so why are we even talking about this? <laughs> and, and another 20% of you say, hey, I think it's probably more likely we're going to lose them both. So self-loathing, we Michigan fans, we feel you. That brings us to this week's question of the week. Many people are asking this question of me right now. Steve, why are you the way you are? I'm going to blame Ohio State. I'm I'm a victim. Uh, The Buckeyes have done this to me. They have broken me. And I I tried to fight it. Um, That's where it starts. The feeling, the anger, the rage. I'm sorry, that's a movie line. Uh, At first I thought that we could fight back. And that turned me and disfigured me into one thing that's unimaginable and and then when i came to the realization we can't that i'm 47 and it's it's likely that for the rest of my life whether it lasts for 20 minutes or 30 more years i'm never going to see michigan beat ohio state again that realization produced an entire other form of ugliness and it's, it's really the ugliness that you see before you today. So I, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's not my fault. I'm a victim. And I, 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 I probably should be subsidized. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a victim of what Ohio State has done to me. Before these last 15 years, I was a complete and total unlikable person. So maybe on second thought, not much has changed actually now that I think about it so it's just the way that I am why are you tuning in if I'm like this that's a better question who's the bigger fool the fool or the fool who follows him all right we'll stop quoting movie lines now that'll do it for this week's episode of Michigan podcast next week we go on the record 
with our season preview. We W and L the schedule. We make some predictions of what we think we will and won't see happen with the 2020 Michigan football season. You don't want to miss it. Want to thank all of you for tuning in on the podcast. Hello. Make sure to hit subscribe and give us a five-star review on any podcast platform that you access us through. If you're watching us here on YouTube, give us a subscribe, a share of the video, a like. We like those as well. And help uh, spread the word about what we're doing here on Michigan Podcast to all the other Michigan fans you know. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Michigan Podcast each and every day for takes every bit as weak as what you just saw here. Until the next time, I'm Steve Dace. Go Blue.